When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduces us to the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the opening verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, He says, this book is hudan lil muttaqin be the source of guidance for those who possess taqwa and for those who possess the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as such, when we study the Qur'an, we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has adopted various methodologies in order for us to take guidance from the Qur'an and in order for us to take heed. One of these methodologies is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala narrates the incidents of the previous anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam, the experiences that they had with their people, 
the challenges that they face in order for them to invite their people to the oneness and the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of the two reasons why he makes mention of the incident. In the final verses of Surah Hud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَكُلَّنْ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الرُّسُلِ مَا نُثَبِّتُ بِهِ فُؤَادًا وَرَسُولُ اللَّهُ and by extension, you and I, whatever we narrate to you of the previous Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam is so that we may strengthen your resolve. It is in order for us to motivate you in your path of inviting others to the oneness of Allah. As we all know, in the early days of Islam, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'een, they, were, they faced much difficult and hostility. They were a target of oppression, mockery, and taunting. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to keep Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa spirit alive. He wanted to motivate him. So he mentioned the incidents of the previous anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. That in other words, they also went through similar challenges. Remain positive and remain optimistic in your path of inviting others to the oneness of Allah. The second reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of these incidents are the final verses of Surah Yusuf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ عِبْرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Certainly there are lessons, important lessons and reflection points for those who study the lives of the previous Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam in the Quran. And as such, inshallah, allow me to share with us today two very important lessons that we can learn and draw from the life of none other than Musa alayhi salatu wassalam. Musa alayhi salatu wassalam is mentioned in the Quran. Mufassirun explained more than 130 times. In the chapter of Baqarah, in the chapter of Banu Israel, in Surah Al-Kahf, the surah that each and every single one of us should endeavor to recite on a Friday, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of his incidents in various chapters of the Quran. Let us look at the verses of Surah Al-Shu'ara. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and Allah describes the scene. Allah says, فَأَتْبَعُوهُمْ مُشْرِقِينَ Fir'aun and his army were in pursuit of Musa alayhi salatu wassalam at the time of Isra. What is the background to this particular scene? We all know that Musa alayhi salatu wassalam, he grew up in the palace of Fir'aun. When he came of a certain age, Allah blessed him with nubuwah, Allah blessed him with prophethood. On one occasion, he was walking the streets of Egypt and he found two men that were quarreling and arguing, one from his camp, and the other from the camp of Fir'aun. He stepped in to defend one of his own, and in doing so, he unintentionally murdered and killed the other person. So naturally, law enforcement were after him, and he had to flee the lands of Egypt. And he made his way through the lands of Madian. When he came to Madian, he met another Nabi, Shu'ib alayhi salatu wassalam. He married the daughter of Shu'ib alayhi salatu wassalam. A few years had passed. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him two instructions. Number one, Go back to Egypt and invite Fir'aun, this oppressive king. Invite him to the worship and the oneness of Allah. And number two, ask him to release Banu Israel into your custody. So he takes these two directives and he moves towards the lands of Egypt. He comes to the court of Fir'aun. He pre presents these two proposals to him. But Fir'aun rejected both his proposals. So Musa alayhi salatu wassalam left with no choice. Now had to flee the lands of Egypt with the Banu Israel and migrate to the lands of Sham. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in these verses that Fir'aun and his army were in pursuit of Musa alayhi salatu wassalam at the time of Isra. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says when these two groups came face to face with one another. Now this is where we will draw our first lesson. Can you imagine the waves of emotion that Musa alayhi salatu wasalam is experiencing? 
experiencing at this particular juncture. With him is the nation of Banu Israel, normal, ordinary civilians. Behind him is an ocean. In front of him is a brutal, bloodthirsty, oppressive king, Fir'aun. Together with him are thousands and thousands of well-equipped soldiers, equipped to the teeth. They are waiting for his command that attack and they will massacre Banu Israel. Can you imagine what Musa alayhi salatu wasalam was experiencing at this time? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tried Musa alayhi salatu wasalam to say something. Allah recorded in the Quran, He said, Qala kalla inna ma'iya rabbi sayahdeen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to guide me. To make matters worse for Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, the nation of Banu Israel, they began to make negative remarks to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam that now Fir'aun is going to catch up to us, Fir'aun is going to kill us, Fir'aun is going to massacre us and they made things very very difficult for Musa alayhi salatu wasalam but Allah inspired Musa alayhi salatu wasalam that regardless of how difficult the situation was he remained composed and he realized that he needs to place his trust or he had his trust complete reliance upon Allah subhanahu and that is what we learn from Musa alayhi salatu wasalam that sometimes our plan collaborates with the plan of Allah and sometimes our plan will not collaborate with the plan of Allah when we do everything in our means to make an unfavorable situation favorable and it is not working out in our personal lives in our societies in our communities or globally as an ummah when we want change to happen remember that we should at first place our trust and reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because Allah has a plan for every single believer. Allah has a plan for me. Allah has a plan for you. Allah has a plan for every single believer of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in one hadith, إِنَّ أُمَّتَكُمْ هَذِهِ أُمَّةٌ مَرْسُومًا This ummah of minds is at the center of the love and the mercy and the divine providence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do we understand this hadith? When the reality on the ground is that the ummah is suffering, the ummah is a target, the ummah faces earthquake, the ummah faces genocide. How do we understand this hadith? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then unpacks this hadith for us. He says, لَيْسَ لَهَا عَذَابٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah will not take this ummah and throw it into Jahannam as one entity. وَلَكِنْ عَذَابُهَا فِي الدُّنْيَا But this ummah will face challenges and trials. At the top of the list, al-qatlu. This ummah will be butchered. This ummah will be a target of genocide and massacre. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease and afiyah. We do not ask to be tested. We always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for ease. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for conditions that are conducive to our environment and to our life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for every single one of us. So the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in other words, he teaches us something very, very important in this hadith. What does he teach us? Our value and our worth as an ummah is not measured by our worldly experience. Rather, our value as an ummah, our worth as an ummah is valued by how you and I will fare before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yawmul Qiyamah in the earth. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a plan for every single believer in a hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, enumerating the virtues of the shuhada of Gaza and Palestine. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, rather he mentions in the hadith, he says that before the first drop of blood is shed of a shaheed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect that person from the trials of the grave. This is the plan that Allah has for the shuhada of Gaza. 
for those who have lost their lives, for those who are losing their lives, may Allah grant them ease and conditions of afiyah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, rather enumerating in this hadith, he mentions that Allah will protect the shaheed on the day of qiyam. Allah will give the shaheed a crown, the jewel and the ruby of which will be far better than this entire world and whatever it contains. Allah will give that person an opportunity to intercede on on behalf of 70 of his relatives. What does this hadith teach us? It teaches us, or rather it gives us a lot of hope that to the physical eye, the scene is that of chaos and carnage and destruction. But in the real world, where our focus should be towards the akhirah, the scene is that of peace and eternal bliss for the shuhada of her. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam continuously is teaching us in the hadith that focus your gaze towards the akhirah. In one hadith he mentions, man ja'ala al-humuma hamman wahidan that person who makes all his worldly worries and concerns geared towards one worry and one concern, the concern of the akhirah. How am I going to say before Allah? Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of all your worries. As we are now in the December period, every single person is busy. The other day I phoned a friend and I needed him for something. So he said, we'll meet at 10 o'clock. But he told me, give me 20 minutes of half an hour, give or take. Why? Because in December, I'm very busy. So we all have our fair share of worries and concerns, our responsibilities, especially towards the final period of this particular year, the year 2023. And perhaps someone is writing exams and they are awaiting results. Or perhaps someone is getting married and preparations are underway. Or perhaps someone is traveling and we need to prepare for the travel and the journey, or we have goals to accomplish before year end. In other words, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith is teaching us that all of these worries and concerns on one side, let the superseding worry, the overarching worry and concern in your life as a believer, what should be at the front of your mind? It should be the answer. When a person does that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of all his worldly worries and all his worldly concerns. Coming back to the first lesson that we learned from Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, when we realize that we are doing everything possible, but nothing is happening and nothing is changing, nothing is becoming positive, we entrust and we rely upon the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is one important lesson that we learn from Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. The second lesson that we learn from the life of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam is that whenever he found himself experiencing a trial and a test from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he always turned to a'mal and deed. In particular, he turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking the forgiveness of Allah. When he unintentionally murdered the person from the camp of Fir'aun, what were his words? رَبِّ إِنِّي ظَلَمْتُ نَفْسِي فَغْفِرْ لِي فَغَفَرَ لَهُ Oh Allah, I have wronged myself. Forgive me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most forgiving. Most. When he was invited to Mount Tur, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conferred upon him the Torah. In his absence, these people persuaded by a person known as Samuel, they began to worship the golden calf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this in the ninth juz of the Quran. He says, So when Allah informed him of this, he immediately came back to his people. Naturally, he was furious. He was angry and upset with his people. But what did he say and what did he do? Even though it was not a crime that he committed, an offense that he perpetrated, what did he say? Allah, forgive me. Allah, forgive my brother. And enter us into your mercy. We are desperate for your mercy. Allah, you are the most merciful from amongst those who show mercy. Who of us can say that we are not in need of the mercy of Allah? Especially in current times. Ulama explain 
that the Anbiya والسلام, and the pious predecessors they used istighfar and seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a medium to have their du'as answered istighfar and seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the primary means to draw the help of Allah to draw the assistance of Allah to draw the mercy of Allah and to draw the sustenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's very, very important. We need to turn towards a'mal. And what amal should we start with? We should begin by seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inculcate within our day, every single day, this is how many istighfars I will recite. This is what we learn from the lives of the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam and from the lives of our pious predecessors. They use istighfar as a medium to have their dua. Ulama mentioned an inspirational incident, an incident of none other than Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahimahullah ta'ala, the great jurist and hadith scholar of his time, the founder of the Hanbali Madhab. In his advanced age, he was traveling and to take rest a particular night, he found himself in a town. And owing to his humility, he did not disclose his identity to anyone in that town. So he went to the masjid and he thought he'll rest in the courtyard of that particular masjid. He began his rest. The muazzin of that particular masjid came to the masjid and he saw that this person is taking rest. So he said to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, not knowing who he is, he said to him that we are unfortunately not allowed to permit anyone to sleep in the masjid. Excuse so he was very old, very tired from the journey. He could not help himself out of the masjid. The muaddin had to help him out of the masjid. As they leave the masjid, there was a baker on the street. This baker sees what's happening and he says to the muaddin of that masjid, that what is happening? Tell me what's happening. He says, uh, this person is out of town, from out of town, and he needs a place to rest. Unfortunately, we are not allowed to let anyone in the masjid uh, for the night. So he says that, fine, hand him over to me. He will be my guest and he will be... Uh, I will look after him for this night and he can sleep by him. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah ta'ala like that spend the night at the house of this particular baker. He says that I witnessed and observed this baker that particular night who had a very beautiful practice. What was that beautiful practice? That he consistently and he was always in the habit of reciting istighfar and seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the next morning before he left, he asked the person that what effect have you seen of these istighfar and seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You recite this all the time. What benefits have you seen in your life? He says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted all my dua, except one dua. He asked him, what is that dua? He says, I always had this passion and this desire to meet the great scholar Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah ta'ala. So Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah was quite shocked and amazed. And he says to him that not only did Allah accept your dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala practically dragged me out of the masjid to come and to be in your This is the power of reciting istighfar and seeking the forgiveness of Allah. I'm not saying that we don't use any other means. This is an abode of means. We use every means necessary, whatever is in our capacity, whatever is in our capability to change something a negative situation into a positive one. But our primary means should be that we turn to a'mal and ulama teach us that we should turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in forgiveness. Istighfar and turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our shortcomings and asking Allah for forgiveness should begin in earth. And when we turn to Allah, we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a sincere repentance. It is mentioned in the books of Hadith that there was a person in the past nations by the name of Kisr. There was no sin except that he perpetrated them. And he fell in love with a woman and he proposed to her. He wanted to marry her. So she rejected his proposal. One else and she had kids. After some time she comes back to him. And she says to him that I need help. I need money. I need assistance. I need 60 gold coins. So he says to her, fine, I'll help you. No problem. 
but you must fulfill my request. So the hadith says that when he sat with her in the con- in the manner a husband sits with his wife, he noticed discomfort or rather she expressed her reluctancy in that particular moment. So he asked her, Akrahtuki, am I forcing you? Am I compelling you? This is a despicable deed and action. I have never done something so despicable in my life. And he says to her, take this money and go. In that particular moment, he has this turn of heart. He has this change that happens in his heart. And he immediately turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking the forgiveness of Allah. Just a few moments. The hadith says he went back home that night. He went to sleep. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destined it as such. He passed away. The next morning when people came from his, for his janazah, it was written on the door of his house, غفر الله للكفل Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven. Can you imagine an entire life of disobedience? An entire life of committing any sin that you can mention. But a few moments of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in sincere repentance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed the course. This is the importance of reciting istighfar and seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all want conditions to change. We all have problems. We all have issues. We need to turn to a'mal. Ulama teach us that we need to turn to seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately and in earnest. If we want good conditions to come, then we need to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our deeds and our shortcomings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of making amal on whatever was mentioned and heard. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah.